Hey, you. It's Monday. And the Dolphins are hosting Teron Armstead on a free agent visit today. Get in. The hype train's leaving the station. And also, we're going to take a look at some of Chris Crew's tendencies in the pre-draft process from a trades perspective. Locked on Dolphins. Tap in. Let's ride. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked On Dolphins. I'm the director of scouting at thedraftnetwork.com, a lifelong Miami Dolphins fan. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. It is 7:25 a.m. on Monday, March 21st, 2022. And the report was made yesterday in the afternoon that the Dolphins are going to be hosting Teron Armstead locally in South Florida today. Today is the day we've been waiting. Today is the day that so many people have been biting their nails, worried about what's quote-unquote sleepy Chris Greer doing, not making any moves. Dolphins have signed plenty of players. But if you ask me at the top of the offseason what the number one need was on this roster, I would probably tell you it was offensive tackle. There's been no traction on that front just yet. And then, of course, with Lyle Collins signing in Cincinnati yesterday, it kicked the timeline into a major fever pitch, worried about the Dolphins' ability to secure an offensive tack. Please. Maybe this will age poorly, like a cheap wine, but there's one thing I know the Dolphins are fully capable of doing, even in this regime in 2019. It is... Paying handsomely to make a premium position player the highest paid player at his position. And if that is what it is going to take to sign Teron Armstead to a contract and make sure he does not leave South Florida today, you do it. Because Teron Armstead is your best option. And I've heard Dolphins fans, a lot of Dolphins fans, and we voice these concerns ourselves as it pertains to the injury history of Toronto Armstead. Well, you know, Kyle, he's missed some significant time. That's true. But even, even on a market reset, are you going to look me dead in the eyes, dead in the eyes, and tell me that Toronto Armstead would not be so exponentially, immeasurably serving of an upgrade that if you had it for 12 games and you had to reshuffle and hopefully Jesse Davis isn't a part of the mix, but if you had to deal with five games of Austin Jackson at left tackle to get 12 of Teron Armstead, are you still not going to be super pumped about it, especially in an offense that is going to put a primary focus on running the football? Opposing pass rushers aren't going to just be blasting off and teeing off on young offensive tackles with the changes in the coaching staff. Yes, there's a lot of blanks that need to be filled in. And, oh, by the way, you're going to have a much more stable player 
to the right of that left tackle, no matter who it is in Connor Williams. Even with the durability questions with Teron Armstead, which are valid at this point, he's still so much more of an upgrade. The payoff for a fraction of the season is still way better than the alternative. So, Chris Greer, I'm sure you are busy hosting Teron Armstead today, and this won't reach you in time. Pay the man. Put the storyline to bed. Let's get an elite player on the roster. That's the opportunity here, is an elite player on the roster. Regardless of the injury concerns, a premium position, look at San Francisco and what Trent Williams has become for them. And Teron Armstead has the physical capability of being the same thing. And a lot of these athletic tackles, Andrew Whitworth just played till 40. Oh, you, you, Jason Peters is, is playing at 39, 40. Everybody looks at Teron Armstead and says, oh, he's 31, 31. I'm 32. What are you trying to tell me? I'll be 33 next month in less than a month. Damn. That hits hard. We shouldn't be signing Teron Armstead worried about long-term shelf life. Let's focus on a three-year stretch. Let's get through that. And that's what we have the opportunity to do uh, with Teron Armstead on a visit to South Florida today. Obviously, Lyle Collins, that signing, I think a lot of people panicked when that signing was announced with Cincinnati. But I would also say this. I think there's a realistic chance Lyle signed in Cincinnati because the market or the writing was on the wall that the Dolphins were indeed be going to be going in a different direction, were indeed going to be going to presumably Toronto Armstead. And I don't know what the backup plans are or anything like that, and hopefully we don't need to know what the backup plans are because hopefully this thing is open and shut, and at dinner time I'm out on the back deck smoking a cigar, living the good life, that we have an established left tackle on the roster. And if that is the case, and your offensive line going into the draft is Ron Armstead, Connor Williams, Michael Dieter, Robert Hunt, presumably Liam Eikenberg at right tackle. I do think we need to openly acknowledge the possibility that Liam is going to continue to get the opportunity to try to start for this football. And if that's the case, uh, you're looking at maybe an upgrade opportunity at center. Are you willing to spend on a J.C. Treader? I don't know. I don't have that answer. I know I certainly would be entertaining the idea big time. Because if your right guard over includes Toronto Armstead, Connor Williams, J.C. Treader, and Robert Hunt, I'm ready to put a tight end next to whoever's at right tackle and call it a day. And, like, let's go get it. Let's go strap up. Let's go pound the rock. Uh, but we'll we'll see what the Dolphins' plans are at that center position. But first things first, they are very clearly interested, extremely interested in Toronto Armstead. And they have somewhat 
painted themselves into a corner here where they have to get this done. So act accordingly and do what is required of you to get it done. You know, the reports of apprehension of Armstead and not wanting to be in Miami, I'm fairly certain Toronto Armstead was holding out hope that the New Orleans Saints would choose to trade, or to, excuse me, that Deshaun Watson would choose to be traded to the New Orleans Saints. And that if that were to happen, the Saints would figure it out to bring Toronto Armstead back. That did not happen, and now magically, Teron Armstead is opening himself to visits in other places, with stop numero uno being the Dolphins. Go take care of business. If you want to take care of business in your life, you got to make sure you get yourself some Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar. Tastes like candy bar. These things are high in protein, high in fiber, low in calories, low in sugar. They have 100% chocolate. On all of their bars, they are absolutely, positively delicious. Right now, you can visit Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15 and save 15% off your next order. That is Built.com, promo code LOCK15, save 15% off your next order of the world's most delicious protein bar. Well, thank you guys for uh, checking out the channel. I don't know if you're watching on uh, YouTube or if you are just listening in your podcast feed. Uh, you have a special treat. If you are on the YouTube channel, uh, we uh, were recording in the zoo. I have a bunch of jungle cats behind me, a.k.a. my two house cats, uh, meandering around in the background, which is a little distracting. So if you see me staring off into the distance, it's because the monitor's over here. And um, monitor's over here, and the camera's here. And um, <laughs> I'm just making sure I got a new layout for my, my office down here. And I want to make sure they don't get any in, into anything they're not supposed to. But uh, definitely check out the channel if you haven't. It's it's a lot of fun. We we get at least three videos up a week. Uh, hope to do more, uh, but this time of of season for me over at the Draft Network with our draft study stuff is uh, admittedly crazy. So there's sometimes where it's like, man, I just I got to hammer out the audio and get get back to it. So the Dolphins got to hammer out this Tron Armstead and get back to it too. If we're being honest. Um, but here's in my reflection over the weekend, because I'm sitting here and I'm listening to the reports and obviously there's no movement with Armstead and Collins is visiting in Cincinnati and you're kind of listening and you like Barry Jackson's pretty in the know and Barry's like alluding to the dolphins are working on some stuff without openly saying like the dolphins are working on some stuff. Well, he's, he's but he the way he was wording it was like the Dolphins do have it's like having contingencies and, and my mind is sitting there and I'm like okay what does that mean and it got me reflecting on an area of the Dolphins that I think we need to be mindful of in this press towards the draft because they have a pretty strong track record of making trades that shake up the draft. And you think about each of the three seasons, this is the fourth offseason that Krisker is in unquestioned control as the GM of the roster. In 2019, they traded back out of the early second round to the end of the second round and then traded for quarterback Josh Rosen on draft night. That's the most extreme example, but it's also the Dolphins took over 
or Chris Greer took over like at the end of January, early February. So um, not necessarily having established control. You're a little bit more focused on assessing your own roster and really trying to get creative to strip down those bad contracts. Okay. they, They made a move. 2020 draft was shaken up very early in the process because in September they traded Laramie Tunsil for a King's Ransom. Obviously, we're still reaping the benefits of that trade now. 2021, the Dolphins trade back from 3 to 12, and then up from 12 to 6, and create an entire tumble of the top 10 on the mock drafts. Putting San Francisco in a position to eventually draft quarterback Trey Lance. So we have examples of the Dolphins making trades in the draft order. We have examples of the Dolphins trading players. And we have examples of the Dolphins trading four players. And as I reflect on that, and I'm thinking about this Dolphins, and I've already made the appeal. You know, 29, I think, would be much better served if you can find a player that you can trade to get an established NFL talent in-house. Of course, that can be easier said than done. One of the primary candidates for potentially doing so is Calvin Ridley, who's suspended for a year because of gambling on the game as, as an active member of a team. So, you know, I, I look over at Seattle with their wide receiver position, maybe, but I was sitting there, I was also sitting there thinking about like what offensive tackles do they find they can get a better market for that they would feel are are worthwhile upgrades and starters while also acknowledging like they probably tried to get it done. It sounded like they tried to get it done with the Cowboys and Lyle Collins, but the Cowboys ultimately wanting to cut Lyle Collins and designate him as a post June 1st cut to save the most amount of cap as possible tells me that the cap implications were as important, if not more important than any offer the Dolphins were going to give or any team was going to give unless you could absolutely positively blow them out of the water. Now, you're going to pay for it now because Collins was three years, $30 million if you traded for him. I'd be willing to bet Teron Armstead, if the Dolphins get a deal done today, signs for more than double that money. But you keep your draft pick so you can kind of play that game. Okay, who can we get or what else can we get? But I'm just sitting here thinking and reflecting like Greer has a pretty consistent track record of making moves and making splash plays that are are more long-term motivated, I think is probably the right word. Because last year's trade, you got an extra first-round pick in 2023 when you netted it out and it was all set and done. The year before, you traded away a player who was due a massive contract. The Tunsil contract ended up being over $20 million per season from the Houston Texans, but set you up for two years' worth of draft selections. And then the Rosen trade, while that was a trade that cost you capital for a player who did not ultimately pan out, the thought process was this is a relative cost, low swing of the bat to try to skip the line in needing to invest early in a quarterback if we can hit with this kid. Didn't work, but it was a long-term scope at a premium position. 
So that's something I'm going to continue to be workshopping, but I do think that's kind of an interesting subplot that like, I don't know that we've openly acknowledged there's been very consistent examples of the Dolphins making big trades in this pre-draft process. And here we are, and it is March 21st, and the draft is six weeks away. And there's been some moving and shaking. There's There's been plenty of big signings made. But from Miami's perspective, it's been pretty much just maintaining your status quo with a couple of subtle upgrades to key spots. And now potentially your big fish is, is visiting today in Toronto Armstead to potentially get a deal done. And we're going to need that contract to get done because the last thing that I want to talk to you guys about is the Dolphins offseason to this point and how I would personally grade it. Um, but listen, we're recording today. I don't know about you. Eyelids are a little heavy. That's why I got my, my energy beverage here to, to make sure I'm kickstarting my day off, right? But I stayed up late last night. Uh, making up from work for spending Sunday watching some college basketball because the tournament is finally back upon us from all the latest odds contests and player props. BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcast news this season, but it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. As I already teased, uh, if you are watching the channel today, I hope you are enjoying the uh, feline trapeze act <laughs> behind me, which right on cue uh, fell down off the uh, the bar here in the back. So. Uh, yes, but the Dolphins offseason to this point in time, specifically the signings through the first week. Remember, a week ago uh, today was the Dolphins and the NFL's opening of the uh, negotiation window, I think is the proper phrase. You don't want to call it a legal tampering period because if it's legal, then it's not tampering. And I know that's the popular phrase for it, but it really just doesn't make sense to be called that. Uh, so the Dolphins negotiation window a week ago today. And what we've seen is a lot of movement from the Dolphins, but I have been, I would be lying. Let me start by saying this. I like a lot of what they have done. I like that they have made the concentrated effort to retain their talent. But I would be lying if I told you I wasn't a little underwhelmed by just how much money has been spent on players who you probably don't expect to carry significant roles on the team. The Elan and Roberts contract. If he if he ends up as your starting linebacker again in August, April went wrong for you. I think about Cedric Wilson. Now, 
we've talked last week about the optics of the wide receiver market and free agency in general. And obviously we, we saw Devontae Adams get like 28.2 million per season or whatever it was from the Raiders after the trade. And Christian Kirk got up to 21, probably closer to 18. So 7 million, that ballpark. Okay. Like it's a reasonable cost, but at the same time, that's probably going to be your wide receiver three. Even if you end up trading Devontae Parker and go draft a high-level receiver. Um, Teddy Bridgewater, six and a half. As we said last week, you get it. It's the backup quarterback to a quarterback, a starting quarterback who's missed some significant time. You understand why that point of emphasis was made. Duke Riley, we'll see if they have a bigger role for him like what the back half of the season looked like, but he didn't get paid small money either. And you just kind of work your way through. And Keon Crossan got over $3 million. And that's fine, but like now you got to get rid of some of the guys you were paying two and a half, three million dollars to each from the previous unit. And maybe the Teron Armstead signing is the purge that it is necessary to do. But I looked at the Dolphins cap space and I expected a little bit more splash and a little bit less couple mil here couple mil here couple mil here consistent spending in that three to five ballpark i'll tell you what hurts preston williams signed for 1.5 million dollars i'm just looking at this now matt collins signed with the raiders uh, for $2 million. I don't know what planet Preston Williams is a better option for $500,000 less. You could have easily made the Matt Collins thing work. I don't know what the motivation was there. Here's, But here's the other side of the coin. I can appreciate what the Dolphins have done with a couple of their key players, Mike Gusecki and Emmanuel Agba. The Dolphins have, over the course of the past 10 years, been a team that has painstakingly seen their own developed talent leave and go somewhere else to be impact starters. The Dolphins are not letting the growth experienced by Agba and Gasecki over the last three seasons be the benefits that are reaped for someone else. They brought back their own high-level players on the, on the roster. They potentially added another high-level player in Connor Williams. And they're going to potentially add another high-level player in Teron Armstead if they can get a deal done. So if you get that, and they ran everything back on the other side of the ball. And you still got to get a, a Xavier Howard contract figured out. So I think about that. And I think that's the good, the most prominent good that is reaped. I think the Dolphins' messaging with their signing, including guys like Durham Smythe, uh, which was announced by Mike Isecki, uh, they feel like their roster, they feel like they as a team, are close, and I can understand when 19 wins over the last two seasons why they would feel that way. You feel relatively close 
and you just need to get X, Y, and Z right and figured out. Do I agree with that approach? Probably not. I would have been a little more assertive. I probably would have compromised some depth. I know that's one of the big pillars of a lot of teams and their team building philosophies is don't pay for depth. Well, we're seeing the Dolphins pay for depth. And because of that, as I reflect on what they've been able to do, I conceptually like retaining a lot of your existing players, especially your high-level ones. Um, I would have liked to have gotten a tackle earlier, but let's be honest, the entire thing's been gridlocked until yesterday. It just has been. And that's in part because the guy at the top of the market is not only a guy that the Dolphins have been interested in, but he wanted to see where a quarterback was going to land. And that doesn't mean he doesn't want to come to Miami. It just means his preferred choice would probably be to stay at home and play with Deshaun Watson. Okay. And, and we're not going to get into the whole Tua versus like not every conversation needs to be Tua or Tua's not an elite quarterback. So he can't attract players or Tua's uh, just needs this and this. And he's going to be like, we're, we're not doing that today. We don't need to do that today. I see you guys arguing about it every day on the time. I don't blame Toronto Armstead because New Orleans is home. It's been home for his entire career for wanting to know what that situation was going to look like before he makes a decision. But he's here now. I really, really would have liked to see Mac Collins back. Can't bemoan that enough. Uh, we got to get a punter. So that's still incomplete. But um, I would probably give the free agent, the first week of free agency, a C plus. I think the good that they have done in retaining their own top players and the uh, some of the smart signings that they've had, I think Connor Williams is an excellent smart signing. I do think Teddy Bridgewater is a smart signing, even though the, the price is not cheap, but it's an established quarterback with 3,000-yard seasons on his resume. Like, Of course, he's not going to be cheap. I do think they're just offset a little bit by how much spending has been geared towards depth at this point in time. Now, there's those out there who will tell you that the salary cap is a myth, and I don't think that's necessarily an accurate depiction of it because there's always ramifications. It's just whether you rob Peter to pay Paul or if you're going to be honest about maintaining flexibility on a year-by-year basis. Um, and the, despite the fact that the Dolphins have spent towards depth, if they get to a couple of splash contracts, the first one potentially being today with Toronto Armstead, they say, you know what? We don't care about the cost here. Like, we're going to make him fit under. We're not going to compromise the rest of the roster. And we just know he's going to be a piece of the puzzle for us for the next four years. Great. Go ahead and backload that sucker and put all the guaranteed money in the past and give us a $6 million cap hit this year. Fantastic. And if that's the case, that C plus is going to go up pretty quickly. Now, I do think there were some potential opportunities missed, and, and one of those I do think would have been Lyle Collins, and I know the Dolphins expressed some interest, but this is the bed you've made at this point. I don't have to give it an A-plus for it to be a successful offseason. But as I just reflect on the first week, I'd probably give it a C-plus, but if you ask me tomorrow, depending on what the news cycle is, this would be, it would be a solid B. Any contract for Toronto Armstead will turn this grade immediately into a B. So, to kind of bring this thing full circle, get it done. I don't care. It's not my money. It's not anybody else's money. So if you want him, 
make sure he does not leave South Florida. I hope you guys enjoyed Locked on Dolphins. Another fun uh, way to start the week, talking about uh, free agency, our general manager, our roster, talent. Um, the draft is going to be here before we know. We're going to obviously be very draft heavy in April, but let's let's see what the afternoon brings. Fins up, cow crabs, locked on dolphins. Hope you guys enjoyed. Make it a good one. Talk with you guys again tomorrow.